Welcome to the Word of Life Bible Study Podcast, a work of the Southwest Church of Christ in Austin, Texas. We invite you to open your Bibles and follow along with us as we study God's Word together. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Word of Life Bible Study Podcast, a work of the Southwest Church of Christ in Austin, Texas. My name is Cody Westbrook. I'm the preacher for the Southwest Congregation, and I'll be your host for this period of Bible study today. We're looking today at 1 John chapter 1, verse 5 through 10. 1 John chapter 1, verse 5 through 10. Remember that the theme of the book of 1 John, as we're studying it, is that you may know. This is a book which has to do with faith and with confidence. This is a book that when we study it, it helps us to understand how to answer those nagging questions, am I right with God? If my life were to end today, or if the Lord were to return today, where would I be? Where would I stand? Sometimes we struggle with this in life. We wonder where we are in relationship to God, and the book of 1 John will help us to find a biblical answer to those kinds of questions. I want you to notice with me in 1 John chapter 1, uh, verse 5 through verse number 10, that John is going to talk about fellowship. Last time we studied together, we looked briefly at the first four verses of the chapter, and I want you to notice just quickly a couple of things that are found in those first four verses, which will serve as a foundation for the rest of the chapter. First of all, notice that in verse number one, John talks about the reality of Christ. You see, there were some in the first century who were denying that Jesus ever came in the flesh. They denied that Jesus came in the flesh and that he died on the cross and that he rose from the grave. And John writes this epistle by inspiration of the Spirit, and the very first thing that he says is, look, Jesus really did come. The Word really did become flesh, John chapter 1. And so he makes that vividly clear in this verse. But notice the reality of Jesus is the foundation for two things. Number one, it's the foundation for our fellowship And number two, it's the foundation for our joy. Look at verse 3. That which we have seen, talking about Jesus, and heard declare we unto you so that you may have fellowship with us, and truly our fellowship is with the Father and with his Son, Jesus Christ. Now we'll talk more about fellowship in just a few moments because uh, John will mention that again in verse number 6. But I want you to notice, first of all, that in verse number 3, as he talks about fellowship, he says, we have fellowship with God, and we have fellowship with one another. Another way of putting that is, we have fellowship with God and with all of those who also have fellowship with God. And fellowship is partnership or joint participation. But notice then in verse number 4, he mentions something else. He says, these things we write unto you so that your joy may be full. Again, notice the reality of Christ, verse 1 and 2, is the foundation for our fellowship and is also the foundation for our joy. So I want you to keep those things in mind as we uh, work our way now from verse 5 through verse 10. Let's read together these verses. 
John says, This then is the message which we have heard of him and declare unto you, that God is light, and in him is no darkness at all. If we say that we have fellowship with him and walk in darkness, we lie and do not practice the truth. But if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship one with another, and the blood of Jesus Christ his Son cleanses us from all sin. If we say that we have no sin, we deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. If we say that we have not sinned, we make him a liar, and his word is not in us. Now, I want you to notice with me that John describes basically three things in these verses. Number one, he describes the nature of God. Look at 1 John 1, verse 5. He describes the nature of God. He says, This then is the message which we have heard of him and declare unto you that God is light, and in him is no darkness at all. I want you to think for just a few moments with me about how the Bible takes the images of light and darkness and contrasts them. And light comes to represent all that is good and pure and holy and right. And darkness comes to represent all that is impure and unholy and not right. Listen to some of these passages that talk about light and darkness as it pertains to Jesus Christ. In John chapter 1 and verse number 4, John made this statement, In him, that is, in Jesus, was life, and the life was the light of men. And the light shines in darkness, and the darkness did not comprehend it. He then goes on to tell us about John, who came to bear witness of the light. And then we pick up again in verse number 9. He says of Jesus, That was the true light which lights every man that comes into the world. He was in the world, and the world was made by him, and the world did not know him. He came unto his own, and his own received him not. But as many as received him, to them he gave power to become the sons of God, even to them that believe on his name. In John chapter 3, verse 19 through 21, Jesus talks again about this contrast between light and darkness. He says in John chapter 3, verse number 19, This is the condemnation that light is come into the world, and men love darkness rather than light, because their deeds are evil. For everyone who does evil hates the light, neither does he come to the light, lest his deeds should be reproved. But he that does truth comes to the light, that his deeds may be made known, that they are wrought in God. You see, Jesus is saying that, Those who are in darkness hate the light, and the reason is because the light exposes the darkness for who and what it is. Darkness cannot hide whenever light is present. Jesus said in John chapter 8 and verse number 12, I am the light of the world. He who follows me shall not walk in darkness. He is the embodiment of light. And listen to what Paul said about light and darkness in Ephesians chapter 5, beginning in verse number 8. He made this statement. He said, For you were sometimes in darkness, but now you are light in the Lord, so walk as children of light. For the fruit of the Spirit is in all goodness and righteousness and truth, proving what is acceptable unto the Lord. And have no fellowship with the unfruitful works of darkness, but rather reprove them, for it is a shame even to speak of those things which are done of them in secret. But all things that are reproved are made manifest by the light, for whatever does make manifest is light." 
So this is just a small sampling of passages, but from these passages, what we can see again is that in God's Word, light is always connected to that which is good, and darkness is connected to that which is, which is bad or which is wicked or which is evil. So now, in 1 John 1, verse 5, when, when John says of God that God is light and in him is no darkness at all, he is talking about the absolute nature of our God and that he is absolutely good and holy and pure and right and just and true and so many other things. You see, God, there isn't a, even the smallest hint of darkness in our God. In Habakkuk chapter 1, verse 13, the prophet said of God, You are of purer eyes than to behold evil, and you cannot even look upon iniquity. The idea is that because of God's absolute holiness and goodness and rightness, that he can have nothing to do with that which is unholy or that which is defiled or evil or wicked in any way. The nature of God is absolute light and goodness and holiness. Now, why does all of that matter? Well, it matters because of our relationship to him. You see, if God can have nothing to do with that which is wicked or that which is dark, well, then that means that I can't have anything to do with God if I abide in darkness. I have to be in the light as God is in the light. And that is the subject of the next uh, couple of verses. We're going to we're going to actually skip uh, around just a little bit here. I want you to skip down with me to verse number 7, and then we'll go back to verse number 6 in just a moment. In verse number 7, John says, But if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship one with another, and the blood of Jesus Christ his Son cleanses us from all sin. Now we're talking about our relationship with God. We have the nature of God in verse 5. Now we're talking about our relationship. Now look at verse 6. If we say that we have fellowship with him and walk in darkness, we lie and do not the truth. But if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship one with another. Now remember that our fellowship is founded upon the reality of Jesus Christ according to verse number 1 and verse number 3. We have fellowship with God, and we have fellowship with those who have fellowship with God. Now the question is, how can we have fellowship with God? And the answer is to walk in the light. Well, what does it mean to walk in the light? I want you to look with me at the word walk for a moment. First of all, again, as we go throughout the Bible, what we find is that the word walk denotes a lifestyle. It's a, it's a way of living or a way of life. For example, in Genesis chapter 5, verse 22 through 24, listen to what the Bible has to say about Enoch. The Bible says that Enoch walked with God after he begat Methuselah 300 years and begat sons and daughters. And all the days of Enoch were 365 years, and Enoch walked with God, and he was not, excuse me, for God took him. Listen to the book of Ephesians chapter 2, verse 1 and 2 for a moment. In Ephesians chapter 2, verse 1 and 2, Paul talks about a certain kind of walk that shouldn't characterize Christians. He says, And you has he made alive who were dead in trespasses and sins, in which you walked in time past according to the course of this world, 
Well, what does he mean, you walked in time past according to the course of this world? Well, he's talking about how they lived. They lived according to the way that the world says we ought to live. But now look what he says in Ephesians 4, verse 1. Because these are Christians, he says, I therefore the prisoner of the Lord beg you that you walk worthy of the vocation with which you were called. Well, what's the vocation with which we were called? Well, that's talking about Christianity. We've been called by the gospel to come out of the world and be Christians. And so the point of Ephesians 4.1 is you need to live your life in a way that is consistent with Christianity, with New Testament teaching. He says the same thing in Ephesians 5, verse 2. Be therefore followers of God as dear children and walk in love as Christ also has loved us and given himself for us an offering and a sacrifice to God of a sweet-smelling savor. He goes on to talk about walking in the light and walking in wisdom. In fact, the word walk is a key word in the book of Ephesians. So what do all these passages tell us? Well, again, all these passages tell us that walk, the word walk, is indicative not just of a one-time thing, not even of an every-once-in-the-while kind of a thing, but of a habit, of a lifestyle, of something that describes who you are. So now let's go back to 1 John chapter 1. We have two kinds of walking in these two verses. We have walking in darkness, and we have walking in the light. Walking in error, or walking in a lie, and walking in the truth. So walking denotes a lifestyle. It's a manner of life. And in fact, the grammar that John uses here in the original language of the New Testament, it even indicates something that is ongoing. Not a one-time thing or an every-once-in-a-while thing, but an ongoing process. If we walk in the light as he is in the light, then what? Then we have fellowship one with another. Now, what does it mean to walk in the light as he is in the light? Well, let John define it for us as he goes throughout the book. Listen to John, uh, 1 John 2, verse 4. He who says, I know him and does not keep his commandments is a liar, and the truth is not in him. Listen to 1 John 4 and verse 20. John says, If a man say, I love God, and hates his brother, he is a liar. For he that loves not his brother whom he has seen, how can he love God whom he has not seen? You see, what John is going to do is he's going to go throughout the book, and he's going to rehash certain themes. And two of those themes are obeying and keeping the commandments of God, being obedient, and loving your brother. Now, John says that walking in the light is equivalent to obeying the will of God. So when we talk about walking in the light as he is in the light, what we're talking about is what Paul wrote in Ephesians 5. We're talking about imitating God, trying to be like him every day in every aspect of our life to the very best of our ability. We have got to walk in the light. That's our relationship with God. If we walk in the light, then we have fellowship with him. We have partnership. We have joint participation. We are one. We might say we have a relationship with God if we're walking in the light. Again, not an every now and again thing, not even a one-time thing, but a continual thing. It is a commitment of our life living in service to God. Now, what are the blessings that result from that decision? Well, now let's look at the last part of verse 7 through verse 10. He says, And the blood of Jesus Christ, his Son, cleanses us from all sin. 
If we say that we have no sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sin and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. If we say that we uh, have not sinned, we make him a liar and his word is not in us. Now, the Bible has just told us that we are to walk in the light as God is in the light. Now, what are the blessing well what are the blessings of that? Well, first of all, the blessing that's listed at the end of verse number 7 is that the blood of Jesus Christ will continue to cleanse us of our sins. I want you to notice that when uh, John uses the word cleanse, he is using another one of those words in the original language of the New Testament that indicates something that is ongoing. Again, not a one-time thing, not an every-once-in-a-while thing, but an ongoing thing. The blood of Jesus Christ will continue to cleanse us from our sin. You see, that is a, that is a comforting thought, a comforting truth. That is a, a, an expression, really, of the grace of God. And here is one of the ways in which John, in this book, seeks to sort of put the mind of the Christian at ease and let us know that we don't have to worry all the time about our standing before God because the blood of Jesus Christ, His Son, is constantly cleansing us of our sin. However, it does also need to be noted that there are at least two conditions that are listed in these verses for this continual cleansing of our sin. The first condition we've just talked about, that's walking in the light. Now, that doesn't mean that we're going to be sinlessly perfect. That doesn't mean that just because we are New Testament Christians that we will never make a mistake, that we will never commit a sin maybe that we are unaware of. It doesn't mean that we're going to be perfect, although that should be our goal. Every day we should try to be better than we were the day before, and we should aspire to be sinless. That's the purpose, the goal of New Testament Christianity. Well, God knew that we weren't going to be perfect, and so that's why we have this blood of Jesus Christ, which is constantly cleansing us of our sin. If we are striving to be faithful to God. Now, the second condition is in verse 8 to 10. If we say that we have no sin, we deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us. In other words, if we say, well, I don't have a problem with sin, well, we, have, we do have a problem. If we confess our sins, then he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. The second condition, condition of this continual cleansing is our willingness to confess our sins, which in this passage, the word that John uses refers to a humble acknowledgement of wrong. You see, Walking in the light and enjoying the blessings of the blood of Christ continually cleansing my sins doesn't necessitate me being perfect. What it means is that every day I'm going to do my best to serve God and to avoid sin. And in those times where I fall and I do sin, I'm going to humbly acknowledge that sin. I'm going to confess that sin to God. I'm not going to be rebellious. I'm not going to be arrogant and proud. Instead, I'm going to recognize that I've done wrong and do everything that I can to fix it. And John says, as long as we have that kind of attitude, then the blood of Jesus Christ is constantly washing our sin away. So we can have joy. First John 1 verse 4, these things we write that your joy may be full. 
the nature of God, absolute holiness. Our relationship with God is one of fellowship. If we walk in the light as He is in the light, if we're striving to be obedient and faithful, and the blessings of that is this continual cleansing of our sin conditioned upon our willingness to walk in the light and confess our sins when we do commit them. That is a blessing, and that's a powerful passage, and it's one that we should think about regularly and uh, give our God thanks that He has set up such an arrangement as this. Well, that's the end of our study for this episode. As always, we thank you for listening to this podcast, and we encourage you to tell your friends and your family members and your uh, brethren at the congregation where you attend about about this podcast and about the work that we're doing at the Southwest Church of Christ and the Southwest School of Bible Studies. And it's our desire to be able to serve you and to help you in any way that we can in striving to be the person that God would have you to be. So please feel free to contact us at the Southwest Church of Christ if ever you have need or maybe a question, a comment, or even a suggestion about something that we might be able to talk about or explore in our time together here on the Word of Life Bible Study Podcast. Thank you again for being with us, and Lord willing, we hope to see you again next time as we open up the Bible and study more of the wonderful Word of Life. We hope you've enjoyed this episode of the Word of Life Bible Study Podcast. Please visit our website at swcofc.org for more information about the Southwest Church of Christ. And if you're in the Austin area, please come and visit with us. Thank you for listening, and please join us again as we open up our Bibles and study more of the wonderful Word of Life.